So I'm hanging out with drug dealers. Almost died uh, in seventh grade from an overdose on cocaine and speed. Wow, at seventh at seventh grade. Seventh grade, coke. yeah. Wait, let me get my head straight. Need a drink of water. It's been days I've had a headache. Don't want to wake up one day feel like I regret things. I want my story just to so, have a happy end. You know, Andy's obviously been here a bunch of times, and um, usually you're with him. And then uh, I didn't know, but you had been living in Vegas for the last uh, three and a half years before you moved out to Arizona with Andy. And uh, I remember he was saying, hey, you need to have Aaron on the show because his story is crazy. This dude's changing lives. We're getting people in shape. And, you know, I think Andy's now becoming very known for um, the health side of things, right? Like he's getting on people like, hey, if you don't have a six pack, you can't work for me, right? And so how did all that come about? Me linking up with Andy? Yeah. Um, well, a uh, speaker named Renee Rodriguez and I connected back in Louisiana and he saw my story or he, he heard me tell my story and it, he's like, you have a great story. Let me help you tell it better. Mm. Oh, and by the way, get me in shape. <laughs> so, so that's where the relationship started with Renee. And then he introduced me to Andy and Brad at one of these uh, events here in Vegas. And h Andy and I just hit it off the next week. I drove out to Scottsdale. We sat down and talked. Um, I, I spent about two days there and just got to know each other. And we have so much in common, it's scary. I mean, the dude literally is my, my brother. Yeah. Uh, and it was just like a, a no-brainer because for me, everything that I want to do in life is about purpose. Um, Hollywood is, is cool and fun and, you know, you can get the highlight reel from it. But at the end of the day, when you go home, it's a very empty feeling because, you know, I'm a Marine and everything I do is really geared around providing some value and doing something with my life that uh, I can help people because I think a lot of the knowledge I have is very important to share with everyone, especially in this day and age. So I moved out there and we're building it out. Yeah. So speaking of story, you know, Renee said you had a crazy story. And now that you mentioned Hollywood, I remember Andy saying that as well, that you used to train all these Hollywood celebrities and everything. So yeah. tell me a little bit about like your background. Well, growing up as uh, this skinny kid in Daytona Beach, Florida, to your point a little while ago, like I got my ass kicked. I was bullied. Yeah. Tremendously. And my family started going through divorce when I was in sixth grade. It really affected me in a, in a crazy way. I got depressed. And uh, in seventh grade, I started fighting back. And when you fight back, I think you're inevitably going to fall into the wrong crowd. <coughs> so I'm hanging out with drug dealers, almost died. Uh, in seventh grade from an overdose on cocaine and speed. Wow, at, seven, at seventh grade. Seventh grade, coke. yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh, so I kind of just navigated through the rest of my, my childhood years trying to stay out of trouble, sometimes good, sometimes bad. And uh, about my sophomore, junior year of high school, I realized I don't have anything lined up. Like, w what am I going to do with the life that, I've, that I currently have because I've squandered so many opportunities? So... This one, uh, this one buddy of mine who was a, uh, a linebacker on the football team, the varsity football team, I saw him go into the Marine Corps, into boot camp. And when he came back, I, I didn't even recognize him. I mean, he, was, he changed so much. And that was the spark where I was like, I want, I want that. I want, I want what, what he did. I want people to see me like that. And I went to, I went to uh, the Marine Corps, mm. uh, Paris Island, South Carolina. So how many years did you do that? Uh, I did seven and a half years active duty, and then I went back overseas and did four more years of, of contract work. So with contract work, does that mean like you're out and now you're working in the private sector? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, essentially I'm on DOD contracts. Okay. So there were two that I was over there working on primarily. It was all classified stuff. So usually when you say contract work, you look at someone like me, you think you're automatically he's a shooter. Yeah. Blackwater, Dying Corps, something like that. But actually, my last duty in the Marine Corps, um, I did personal security for General Pace, who was the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And I was thinking about the longevity of of a technology career because his executive assistant at the time was like, hey, we're fielding a an identity management uh, program downrange, and we're looking for solid people, and I think you'd be a great team leader. So I was like, I'm in. And I uh, went downrange, did the first two years on base access, which was 10 tier one sites, five tier two sites, and three DNA labs. So ultimately, it's all biometric based. In order for someone to access our base, you've got to be enrolled biometrically, um, and you'll be given a smart card. Therefore, when you come onto our bases now, you have to identify who you are. And every day, there's a revocation list that's updated because we've got forensics team who are out across the theater of operations collecting uh, forensic data, pulling latent fingerprints off of bombs and things like that. So if you were one of those, you're still you're going to hit if, if someone got your fingerprint. So that was the premise of that. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Andy. A lot of you leave comments telling me that you need help. Do me a favor. I'm going to tell you the best way to get a hold of me. Shoot me a text message right now. 918-210-0254. 918-210-0254. I'll help you with whatever you need. I got your back for life. Let's get back to the video. Two years later, I went on to do uh, some different work where I was dealing directly with the Iraqi government. I was the liaison between the U.S. government and the government of Iraq and helping them stand up their own biometric and forensics capability so like what does that even mean like what what what, what exactly did you do were you protecting the base were you actually like a scientist like yeah for me it was uh, more about leadership and management okay um, I had all the techs the technicians the latent print examiners the the tactical teams going out on the raids and things so we were always outside the wire there was always some shit going on and uh, <clears throat> but at the end of the day we're just trying to catch as many bad people as we can and, uh, and, and, and build the database of known bad guys because at the time, fingerprints are something that no one really ever thought about that you could, you could use as a tool in trying to capture people. We would be, we'd be inserted with you know, tactical teams going on raids. We'd fly around and have high-level meetings with you know, the top officials in the, in the government of Iraq and uh, just helping them map out something similar to what we have here in the States. The FBI has a database. The DOD has a database. And they wanted the same thing. That way they could really try to create some type of, of structure and organization in their, in their own ministries. So like if, you wanna, if you're in Iraq and you want to become a police officer, there's a process that you'd have to go through, fingerprint, I, you know, background check and all that stuff, which they didn't have at the time. <laughs> Anyone. Yeah, you look good. You're yeah, a cop. Yeah, or, or it's all about money. Yeah, you want to be a cop? Here you go. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. So, I mean, you spent a lot of time in the Middle East. What do you think about just what's going on today with Israel and all that? I think it's disgusting, honestly. Yeah. I, 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 really, I really feel that as America being a, a powerhouse in the world, when America's weak, the world is weak. Mm. And this is an example of what happens when America has a weak leader. Mm. And I could go into crazy detail about it but I don't want to get political about <laughs> things you know what I mean but yeah yeah for 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 someone who has served and someone who has sacrificed uh to look at the state of our country right now it's it's infuriating yeah because it's like all right well why 
did everyone do what they did, sacrificing in the name of freedom to have this nonsense happen right now, which is completely preventable. Mm-hmm. Like a strong leader in the White House, this would not have happened. That I know. Yeah, I have uh, talked to a lot of SEALs and people who are active and you know out and. You know, they all say the same thing, like, hey, well, technically we're supposed to be, um, you know, non, nonpartisan, right, or whatever. And uh, he's like, but I'm leaving, you know, and it's just, it's not, it's not worth it anymore, like, with just what we're doing. And, yeah, to your point, it's like you spend all this time building up the military to be the strongest, you know, military in the world. And then you just kind of like switching gears of, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. We're fat now. The, the physical fitness standards in the military are, are decreasing. You can't even say yes, sir, no, sir. It's li- I mean, it's, it, it's like we're living in a, in, a, in a world that doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't understand how we're expected to have the same impact from a force perspective when we're becoming weak in the area that we should be the strongest. Mm. Like the military is the nation's defenders, yeah. first and foremost. And if we can't even do that, we're, we're, not, <laughs> we're not in a good place. No, no, those guys need to be your <clears throat> your strongest, you know, and I don't want to say ruthless, but just like, yeah, these guys will do whatever it takes to protect. Yeah. Um, so you end up doing that for over 10 years, and then what? Um, so in 2009, there was a, a big transition where we were handing everything back over to the Iraqis to take control. And what was happening was it was becoming a more dangerous place to be work-wise, because you, we, there was less support, less resources, and things like that. So um, I remember talking to a colonel who was in charge of Marine Forces North, which is the com- Marine Corps Component Command for U.S. NORTHCOM, and they're just based out of New Orleans, Louisiana. So we had talked for a while. It wasn't guaranteed, but he's like, I, I could really use you over here to help stand up this new cell that we're, that we're building out. Um, this emergency management in transit security, you know, cell. So I was like, I'm in. Took a leap of faith, left Iraq, went to New Orleans, and uh, the job opportunity fell through because the funding was cut. Mm. So this this crazy transition plan I had, uh, which, which would put me in the civilian world for the first time as an adult, uh, just completely backfired in my face. And I remember just trying to find work. And the problem is, no one can really understand how to read a, vet- a veteran's resume. Um, so it just kept falling on deaf ears. And long You're like, you have no idea what the things I've done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This job's easy. Yeah, they just they, they don't understand the language and, and the verbiage and, and things like that. Uh, so I ended up, long story short, I ended up losing everything I had. I was now living in my car. I filed for bankruptcy. My fucking soul was broken, man. Like, I couldn't find purpose. Uh, and it was it was in that moment where I really had to dig deep and figure out, all right, well, I could do the coward thing and can end my life, or I can do something meaningful. So instead of going back overseas or pulling the trigger on myself, I decided to get certified as a personal trainer because everyone was like, dude, do fitness. You love fitness. Everyone knows you for fitness. Uh, so I did it. And then within, you know, a few months... I met Zach Efron doing a movie called The Lucky One, which was about a Marine Iraq veteran. And mm. uh, we just hit it off, and that was my entrance into film and TV. So were you responsible for when he was all uh, super jacked at Baywatch and stuff? <laughs> so from, from Lucky One all the way up until up until Baywatch, yeah. that, was our, that was our time gap working together. Yeah. 
when you're getting into the the higher echelon of transformations in in Hollywood, um, for me, I don't have enough trust in them to be doing things on that level where you're de- dealing with hormones and things. So yeah. um, it just wasn't something where I continued on with that journey. Yeah. Yeah, he got so big. It's funny because, like, <coughs> you'll see, like, I don't know, guys like him and The Rock who are like, yeah, you know, just eat chicken and rice. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> there's way more than chicken and rice <laughs> going in your body. than <laughs> I don't know what you're yeah. what you're talking about. But I guess, you know, for PR reasons, they got to say whatever they got to say. Well, too, you know, in, in their defense, in, in, the, in the Hollywood actor defense, you know, sometimes I feel like there's a there's a need for some type of performance enhancing supplements or drugs, whatever you want to call them. Because if you're coming from a movie where you've got to be fat, out of shape, looking like dog shit, and then all of a sudden your next movie, you've got to be this superhero. Yeah. It's like you can't, you can't change I mean? that fast. You can't. And depending on scheduling, you know, whatever you have lined up down the road, they might, there might be a three or four month block here. It's like, yeah, I can fit that movie in finding the right trainer. I mean, there's, it, it's pretty extreme these days with how much fitness is coming into the, the forefront of film and TV. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, it's just drugs or whatever. But for them to make that kind of transformation in such a short period of time, I don't care what drugs you're on. Yeah. You have to be so disciplined. Yep. And Th- that's the thing right there. Pe- people think about the drugs and they're like, it's a cop out, you're fake. But No, dude. It, it just allows you to work harder. Yeah. I, I recently faster. got on peptides and testosterone, and it's like, I've seen the difference. I'm like, oh, okay, but by no means do I have the discipline that these guys – I could. If you told me, hey, dude, you're about to go star in this movie. They're going to pay you $10 bucks. You just got to get super ri- – yeah. I'd be like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Get rid of everything <laughs> in my, my pantry. I'm going hard. And I'd be like, I'm going to get Aaron, and we're going hard. Hell like, yeah. I'd have no problem doing it. Uh, but I do know the level of commitment those guys – I mean, how often was Zach working out? Oh, every day. Yeah, I mean, and, and it, it's all blocked too, right? It, it's like you're just one component of their day. There's yeah. stunt training, there's physical fitness, there's you know, co- acting, coaching. Then you got blocking. Who and depending on the nature, maybe you're speaking another language. Or you got to have an accent. Then you got wow. your dialect coach. That's crazy. Yeah. Do the do the studios like provide all that for them, or they got to figure it out? No, they'll everything will be mapped out. Like okay. when, when they come in, when they sign on to a production. They'll figure out. All right, what is what does he need? Uh, obviously, when 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 you're uh, auditioning for a character, they're gonna try and find the person who one fits the director's look the best, like whatever the director has in his mind. But two, who's gonna be the most qualified for it? So it's like they're not gonna. It, you could have two people that look exactly the same, but they're always gonna go more towards the one who maybe can have that already has a little bit of an accent or or someone who just leans more in that direction. Yeah. I just saw the – well, does a guy like Zac Efron even have to, like, audition anymore? Not really. <laughs> They're just like, hey, yeah. we want you. What's it going to cost? When when you're at that level, they've, they've seen your body of work. They know what you can do. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you pretty much have bypassed the whole audition process by then. I saw recently they finally ended the strike. Yeah. So it's like these guys are finally going to get back to work now. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. For six months, like, these actors and writers just couldn't work. It's it's really crazy, and honestly, man, it's all about money and greed. Yeah, like Hollywood is just about the most superficial place that you can possibly be. Yeah, is it really the way that uh, you know people talk about with like just all the evil stuff behind the scenes and just the craziness? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have crazy stories of, and I could completely, you know, punk people out and have headlines all over the place. That's just not me. And I don't want to be known to be that guy. Yeah. But I've been propositioned so many times by men and women wow. at the highest level. That's crazy. Um, it, it's, it's really disgusting. And, and it's, it's one of those things where you see a lot of these actors who are very big names and they end up killing themselves or overdosing and alcoholics. And I feel like a lot of that has to do with how they got to, to where they were, because I've been in a position where I could be on the A-list right now, but I would have had to have sold my soul. Yeah. This lady wanted to marry me. She had a check cut for me. I was traveling all over the place doing work for this production company and, when it all came together, it was like, you okay with marriage? I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. That just, I mean, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's comical. It's nonsensical. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad, but, uh, it seems a lot of that stuff is coming to light now and it's not, uh, I mean, it'll be curious to see how it plays out the next, you know, 20 years, yeah. especially now because Hollywood's not the only game in town, right? It's like, man, right now we're just going to go do this on youtube and it's like these youtubers have more fame than yep. a lot of these a-list celebrities you know the podcasters the you know i guess streaming canner you know sometimes is in hollywood but like you know with all these streaming platforms now it's not just the big box anymore yeah yeah you, you see a lot of these celebrities now getting on commercials for soap and and uh, doing these collaborations with these youtube influencers and these social media influencers and stuff so it just shows the power of where influencers are these days compared to what Hollywood was. Although Hollywood still does have control of, you know, being people who our youth look up to. Right. That's the part I have a hard time with because what, what that represents is not, I don't think is the healthiest thing for our kids to, to look up to. Yeah. So is that why you ended up leaving Hollywood? Yeah, p p partially. I mean, when I, w when COVID hit and the industry shut down, I, it was at that point I realized, man, every, everything that I was doing relied on my work in Hollywood. And I, I, right then I was like, I, ne I never want to be in this position again. I, I never want to have to rely on this industry again. Because when, when, uh, when everything was shut down, you learned a lot about who was really in your corner, who was there for you, who, who were your true friends. And, uh, there was a lot of bad stuff that happened and what I kept seeing was a lot of these names who I knew and I had respect for come out talking in a way that I can no longer respect them. And I think uh, there was a lot of uh, people's true colors came out during 2020, you know, through 2021. And uh, that's when I was like, I'm gonna take everything that I've done, I'm gonna launch my own fitness business and I'm gonna start this new journey myself. So 2022, I mean, I pretty much buried myself in my office and just really got deep into building an online fitness coaching business. I was take I took the my knowledge of transforming people from a like a bodybuilding perspective, and then ironically, I started to have people with autoimmune issues come to me for help. Mm. So it made me go down some different rabbit holes and understanding the human biology more. So I learned so much about health and longevity and I just combine the two worlds which is what makes our programming so effective and, and why I can do these transformations in such a short amount of time given the 
the people we're working with are disciplined and committed enough to to follow the process. Mm -hmm. So you start this online business, and you're living here in Vegas at the time. Mm -hmm. And how how different was that transition, having to learn how to like become a marketer? Yeah, because you already knew how to be a coach. That wasn't that part's easy. Yeah, it, it it was a lot. I actually had to get a like an like a a fitness coach who's who's uh, you know which one? I know a bunch of them. You know Vince Del Monte. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I got with Vince. I was doing his thing for a while. I saw him actually at Dragon's Lair. That's where he met. Yeah. He was like, "Hey, dude, what's up, man? I got a you know." And he actually had all of his um, students there. They were there for like. Um, it was some fitness like expo thing. Okay. So, so there was like a hundred of them in the Dragon Slayer. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, there. I mean, he's a he's a great dude. He's got a solid uh, a solid mindset for for helping people change their perspective on how to how to scale and just help people step out of their comfort zone a little bit in terms of getting in front of the camera and really leveraging social media because that's what it's about. If no one knows who you are, how are you going to get clients? Exactly. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Andy. A lot of you leave comments telling me that you need help. Do me a favor. I'm going to tell you the best way to get a hold of me. Shoot me a text message right now. 918-210-0254. 918-210-0254. I'll help you with whatever you need. I got your back for life. Let's get back to the video. I yeah. mean, you have to learn how to market. That's what you, you didn't know yet. That was the biggest thing for me because I'm not a social media guy. I, I'm still trying to do everything it takes to get into the social media world. Yeah. But uh, that was the hardest part I had that he helped coach me through was just getting out there and just talking and letting people know what you're good at, getting testimonials. Just there's a, a lot of a lot of little nuances that make a massive difference when you're an online coach because there's it's such a saturated space. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was. Uh, it turned out great. I mean, I get people off of meds in 90 days. You wow. can be on something. You can be on meds for 10 or 15 years. Within 90 days, most of the clients, almost all of them, will be off. Why do you think uh, that is? Like they're just they weren't healthy, and meds were just kind of like a band aid to the problem. They weren't like addressing the root cause. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, a botanist or an arborist, right? If 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 you have a plant or a tree or something that's got leaves that are dying or bark that's dying or something's going wrong with it you don't just snip it off and move on you go into the root uh you know in the soil you find out what the root cause of the problem is and then you address that and then everything else flourishes but for some reason we all know why we don't do that as human beings we just get put on medicine for the symptom but yeah. we're not trying to really understand the root cause of it so we're diagnosed with things we don't really have, put on medications we don't really need. Yeah. Once you get on one medication, you're going to be on two, then three, and, and, and who knows, your quality of life starts to, to really take a, you know, take a hit. So for me, the health and longevity space is really important because it's, it's telling people the right way to eat, which is counterintuitive to what society will tell you to eat. Yeah. Um, I say eat red meat. Red meat's a superfood. Whole eggs, Greek yogurt, mixed berries, fruit salmon chicken um quality foods rather than eating eating stuff out of wrappers and if you look at the ingredients and you can't pronounce something or you don't know what it is it's probably not good to eat yeah but i, I take everyone through a, a two-week detox just through food and then we get into fasting and and different health and longevity protocols with hot and cold therapy and and, and breathing oxygen there's methylation issues and hypoxia and, and homo, like high homocysteine. There's so many little things that make a massive difference that if you just eat the right foods and take some very basic, simple supplements, it clears right up. And then obviously movement is medicine. Move as much as you can. Right.
Yeah, like today. Um, you know, I don't get sick very often, but I woke up yesterday a little under the weather. Today, I'm like, you know, I don't feel 100%, but I'm, I'm good enough to be here, right? And I worked out this morning, and I woke up early, and I was like, hey, like, dude, my body feels terrible, but I know if I just move and, like, yeah. even if I'm not lifting a bunch of weight, just moving around, like, that's going to make me feel way better than just laying in bed all day. Yep. So I agree with that for sure. Yeah, and, and you know, chal- challenging yourself, I think – we're in this state right now where everyone's pursuing comfort and that we want everything to feel good. We want everything to taste good and there's no stimulus for growth in that. So when you put yourself in these challenging positions of getting into a cold bath or getting into a, a hot sauna or, you know, going against the grain of wanting to eat the normal garbage of sugar and things that, you know, you've got that receptor on your tongue to give you that dopamine hit that gets you addicted. If it's like, if you put some food to your mouth, Think about it if it's going to serve you or if it's going to make things worse. You know what I mean? If it's going to serve or steal from you. And yeah, just is it actually fuel or is it like yeah. um, entertainment, really? Right. And, 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 and I don't know if Renee talked about it when he was on this podcast, but Renee, Renee had, because he's such a great speaker, when I, when I got him into fasting, I think it was his third or fourth fast, it was like this aha light bulb moment. And yeah. he, he explains it so beautifully of just how much our day-to-day revolves around food <laughs> i mean we, we we go open the fridge and aimlessly walk around looking for things to eat when we're not even hungry yeah um so so it's uh being able to sh- to have that type of impact on someone like that that he can share it out i talk about creating an army of soldiers for health because we need it now more than ever and that's that's the purpose of everything i'm doing right now it's, it's the big reason why I left Hollywood and aligned with Andy with what he's doing because health is the foundation of everything, no matter what your profession is, what your gender is, like it transcends everything. So when you can really have a, 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 f- a foundation of health and you start to really think about everything from that place, your life changes, I mean, almost overnight. 100%. I tell people all the time, like, look, if you're out of shape and everything, like you're just not going to beat me. Like it is what it is. How can you have the mental clarity or the physical stamina or the confidence to, to go out there. Like health helps all three of those things. Right. And yeah, I think a lot of people just, um, they look for other answers, right? They're like, ah, but you know, that would be a lot of work to go work out and start waking up earlier and eat right and stuff. There's gotta be another way. And so they look for like the next hack. I was like, dude, there's no hack. It's just hard work. Yeah. We, and we, we, get, we get people who come into our program who have program hopped for years. Yeah, exactly. And it's like they're always... It's not my fault. Yeah, right, exactly. And they're, they're always they're, they're trying to find the, the, the most simple thing. But fitness is something you can't buy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you can buy a program, but you still have to put in the work. Yeah. No one can, no one Even can do if it you're, for you. You know, I've talked to a lot of guys now who are like, oh, yeah, I'm on testosterone. And I'm like, Really? <laughs> like, I can't tell <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, dude, it ain't going to do anything if you don't put any work into it. Yeah. Right. It's, it's just going to enhance what you already do. That skewed mindset of just thinking that if you get on something like that, it's going to be the, the end all be all. Yeah. And exactly. actually it can, it can be worse mm. because if you're not doing anything with it and you're eating the bad foods, estrogen is a, is a, I mean, it'll tear you up. It'll make you look like. You know, you're, uh, you should be on 600-pound life. Yeah. I mean, just the the accumulation of inflammation and water retention and yeah, 
if you're doing if you're doing hor- if you're doing anything to mess around with your endocrine system, your hormones, you've got to be dialed in. Yeah, you have to. Mm-hmm. So, what's your take on fasting? I know you mentioned it a few times. Like, what do you put people through? Yeah, I love I love fasting. I call fasting the fountain of youth. Yeah, because I love it too. It's so it's so good for one a gut reset. Like your 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 body needs to reset sometimes, and it's the best way to do it. If you're if you're eating food all day long, all the energy you have is going towards digestion. It's like you eat, then you're digesting food, then you eat, then you're digesting food, and it's the whole day, every day. That's what your body's going through. So, I say, uh, you know, it, it's it's a good chance to take all that digesting away, and then all of a sudden the body has all this energy freely to use now. And what's it going to do? It's going to go through and find all the issues and the problem areas and, and try and fix itself. It's going to eat itself. It's going to get rid of the old cells. It's like if you have 100 employees and 25 of them are, are shit and you yeah. want to get rid of them, it's the same thing. Like let's just say you have dead cells or, or suboptimal cells in your body that need repair or, or replace. It's like that's when that whole process of autophagy can come through and get rid of all those and leave room for the new cells and then you feel better. You know, yeah. you've got the IGF-1 increase, you've got nutrient partitioning, you've got increased nutrient resorption. Like, there's so many great benefits to fasting. So how long do you put people, like, how long will you tell them to do it for? Do you I do intermittent fasting or do you lo- do long fasts? What do you do? I just like to have them do a 24-hour fast okay. once a week. And some of my clients have a good hack where they'll do it from noon to noon. So it's like you're They're still... not really missing a day of eating. Yeah, you're still eating on both days. you got that big gap of time where you're sleeping. Yep. Um, but, but, hack. but it's at the beginning, everyone's kind of unsure about it. Cause they, they have these preconceived notions about they're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't eat for a day, I'm going to yeah. die. And you hear the horror stories of people feeling all, you know, weird stuff. But it's like, if you think about it, all the things that we accumulate over the course of day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, that toxicity gets stored in your body specifically in your body fat, mm-hmm. seed oils, uh, you know, let's just say heavy metals, like all this stuff, pesticides. Yeah. And you just have like this slow drip that goes on. And if you're, if you're really, if your body's really toxic, maybe when you get into the first couple fast, you're going to feel some nausea or things like that. Cause your body's releasing some of this trash. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but on the other side, electrolytes are very important that I think a lot of people miss. Um, so getting electrolytes in during your fast is a really important thing. Mm. I um, started fasting every quarter for three to five days. So I would do like an ultra long fast. Yeah. And I have tried the once a week too. I like them both. Um, and I like it for spiritual reasons. I like it for health reasons. And everyone should fast. I mean, I agree. everyone uh, is looking for the next diet. They're like, what's the keto diet, the Atkins diet? I'm like, you want to know the number one way to lose weight? Don't eat. That's the number one way to lose weight. You have no calories going in. You will lose weight. Yep. <laughs> it's yeah. just math. Yeah. It's it, it's it, it's a really true thing. And the the longer fast, too, I mean, depending on the level of, let's just say, metabolic dysfunction you have, some longer fasts might actually be better. But in, in, to your point also with the spiritual part of it, I know a lot of people who do these three, five, seven-day fasts for the spiritual part. Yeah. And you just you get into a, a different realm or a different way of thinking and, and understanding things because your brain is so much more clear. Yeah. It, it's, it, it, it's a detox of your brain, too. That glymphatic system is actually being cleansed to where you can think more, more clearly. You're more focused. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. You know, I've been um, researching a lot lately in the last, like, year and a half about 
toxicity in, you know, uh, peptides and testosterone and your gut and all these things we're talking about because, you know, I'm getting older now. I'm in my mid-30s, and my son, um, you know, he's got special needs, and so we've taken him to different functional doctors and things over the years, and they've all said the same thing. They're like, you know, he's got you know, metals in his body, he's got toxicity. And then like, I had a, a guy recently tell me about like how, um, <laughs> for COVID, like they're finding venoms in all of these patients who have COVID. I was like, how did like 19 different venoms get in their body? It's crazy. And That's then, interesting. yeah. And so there's like, and then I was watching this documentary about how there's all these, um, drugs that use venom to treat some kind of thing, right? They're using snake venom and shellfish venom and all this. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? And like, I, I don't know. I ain't a doctor. But uh, when you start seeing like the pesticides, like you said, and all this stuff, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of toxicity in our body. And, you know, I had some people recommend um, my son do like, um, I think it's called Ione Biome. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to try out that. And uh, Gary Brecka actually recommended he do stem cells. And so we did stem cells and that actually was a huge improvement energy wise and like everything for him. So yeah, I'm like heavy into all this stuff. I don't take anything at face value anymore. Yeah. Our, our, our food system here is incredibly poisonous. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, when I first, when I first got into Hollywood before I really knew much about how bad our food was, I remember a lot of my international clients, you know, coming in from, you know, Italy or Spain or things like that. And they, and they would just talk about how much they hated eating our food because of the way it made them felt feel. Mm. And I never, they could, they could feel the difference. Yeah. But just, just because of how loaded with pesticides it was or, or, uh, you know, the, the whole enriched fortified thing with folic acid and all these really strange things that you don't ever really think about where now people are, are actually thinking about it more, but it's like, I can eat a pizza here. And I'll feel like shit afterwards. I'll go over to Italy, eat, eat the same pizza, and feel fine. Probably lose weight. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I actually do remember one of the functional doctors talking about folic acid. He's like, he told me the story of how it started. And he's like, there's no reason for folic acid. Like, it has no purpose, yet yeah. we put it in all this food. Yeah. Yeah, if it's fortified or enriched, throw it out. Yeah. Which, which is w what a lot of people feed their kids in the morning. And then they're, you know, they're bouncing off the walls, acting like little... Yeah. You know, psycho ninjas. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree. I just, so what do you recommend then to your clients? Like, what are they eating? Like, are you putting them on macro diets? Like, how's that? Um, so the way, I, the way I do my nutrition programs initially up front are, I lay it out almost like you're going to get on stage to compete. You see the percentages of macros, meal, you know, meal totals, daily totals, percentages, and the reason why I do that is because I really want my clients to understand the structure of a meal. What does a meal really look like? What does the right portion size for me actually look like? Because if I can put it in a way where you consistently are, are measuring your food, then it's going to start to become second nature of what your portion sizes should look like. Because that's a big problem we have here in America is we eat for like three people. <laughs> I mean, our, if, if you go to places in Europe and you get these, these meals and you look at them, you're like, was that an appetizer? But it's like, that's the way you should be eating because calories can add up quick depending on how much fat you have in it and what additives are in it. Um, so I like to, to do that 
type of programming, but through the through the best quality foods. Um, and then getting deeper into it, I have a, a substitution food menu that I end up sending on as a as an addition after after the first two weeks of detox that really help you stay within the realm of uh, of, of methylated foods, right? Because the methylation is really one of the biggest issues that we have across the board is uh, when it comes to us eating foods and thinking that it's good, but we're not absorbing the nutrients and things like that. So, and that, and that's based on certain nutrients that we're so deficient in that affects methylation. What is methylation for those who don't know? Uh, it's your body's ability to absorb nutrients. Uh, it, let's just say I use Gary Brecker's term because it makes the most sense. If you like, you can't put crude oil into your gas tank. It's got to be refined and converted into gasoline yeah. for you to use it. If you eat a steak, if you eat red meat, you know it's loaded with vitamins in it, but it's got to be converted so your body can absorb those nutrients. And when you have a methylation issue, there's a break in the chain there that it prevents your body from being able to break that down, so it can absorb those nutrients. Mm, okay, got it. So, with that. For me, anyways, I'll, I'll use myself. You know, I was about 180 pounds for 12 years. And for the first time ever, I've decided, like, I'm going to bulk up. And so in about 90 days, I went from 180 to 195. And I'm, like, loosely tracking my macros. <coughs> but I'm definitely eating way more. I mean, I'm eating, like, I used to eat maybe 2,000 calories a day for maintenance. And now I'm eating, like, 2,800 to 3,000 a day. Um, just trying to put on size and everything. You feel better eating that increase of calories? Uh, not really, no. No? No, I don't like to eat. I mean, okay. yeah. I And, you know, for me, I used to always eat a very low-carb diet, so I would just eat meat and veggies, and a dinner would probably be the only time I ate carbs, and that's just kind of how I did maintenance, and now I'm eating a lot of carbs. And, like, I, I, I shouldn't say I don't like it. Like, I don't mind it. Now I'm used to it. But it was hard at first. I'm like, dude, I'm eating so much food. Yeah. yeah. But now I'm used to it. Yeah, and that, that's one of the things that a lot of people really don't know is that they're under eating. It's like they're trying to put weight on. They're trying to yeah. get body recomposition, and it's not working because you're not eating enough. I mean, I have women who are eating, you know, 2,000-calorie nutrition programs and it end up being over 2,000 calories and for most people, they think 2,000 calories as the limit. Like, I can't eat over 2,000 calories. That's crazy. Yeah. But it's really not a lot of food, especially when you're, when you're active and you're moving and you're training and, and you're, you're, you have to have all this energy. The nutrition dictates everything. You know, people ask me about what supplements do I take? How do I train? I'm like, well, why don't you ask the more important question of what, do you, what am I eating? The food is more important. The food is always more important, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So with food, if somebody was trying to gain weight, um, I guess everyone's going to be different though. Like, so for me, would you recommend kind of that diet I'm on? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I like to say if you're trying to, to put weight on and obviously there's, there's some variances that come into it depending on the, you know, if I look at your body and I'm like, well, I, you know, based on the questionnaire looking at you, I can tell, I think carbs would fit you better. Okay. Protein's always going to be the foundation of every meal. Mm-hmm. That's your, your muscle recovery, you know, muscle building, muscle, everything. Yeah. And then you got your energy source, which is either carbs or fats. You always want to have them offset. Yeah. So if carbs are high, fats are low. If fats are high, carbs are low. Can't be both high. Can't be both high. And, yeah. and you know, some people I find, um, no, most people actually, 
when they're trying to put weight on, I find carbohydrates being a better option. So I'll bring fats down, maybe even bring protein down a little bit. If someone's trying to lose <coughs> body fat, then I'll bring carbs down, bring fats up, and bring protein up. Um, but again, like you said, ev everyone is different based on their lifestyle. Um, I have a really extensive questionnaire that I ask my clients that when they fill that out, that gives me a good snapshot so I can build the nutrition program out. Yeah. That will best suit them. Yeah. So when people come to you, are you setting like a 90 day plan? Like, how's that work? So when I came over to the Elliott group, what I did was I sat down with my team, my coaches, and we, uh, they're, they're, they're super smart guys. And I took my, my brain and connected it with their brain. And we just sat down for a couple months and we just started building out these new programs. And we have a goal-based program, which is, uh, you know, like 597 bucks for 90 days, yep. which when you come out into that, it's not, it's not customized, but it's, it's been created by me. So it's like I, I've been doing this for so long that I, I know it works. So when, you, when a person comes on and they're like, I want to do this 597 90-day catalyst program, yeah, they fill out some, some information on there, and based on that, we know where to put them at. Yeah. And then we have a customized program that's, uh, you know, 5,000 for 90 days. And that's where we actually sit down on a Zoom call with you and really get to know you and build your, your lifestyle and yeah. what's going to work for you. And, that, and then that's where we build it off of that. And then we, we have weekly calls. Um, accountability. Yeah, accountability is uh, – accountability, funny enough, man, is like <coughs> everyone needs it. And that's probably the biggest reason I hear – when people come on to our program or just programs in general is I need the accountability. I get it, but at the same time, like, do you not have enough discipline <laughs> to just be able to hold yourself accountable to, to being in better shape? People know. Yeah. And it, <laughs> but it, but it, again, it goes back to the fact that we're, we're just so addicted to food yeah. and we're, we're just, we're so challenged by doing things that are difficult. Where me, it's like I, I love doing the hard shit. I love doing the stuff that makes me suffer and yeah. creates pain. Like when I go into the gym, I'm trying to fucking kill myself. Yeah. Like I literally want to go in there and, and cause as much damage on myself as I possibly can because there's it's, it's a mental aspect too of, uh, of growing and knowing I can push myself this hard and then I can see what it did to my body too. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and at the end of the day, I think – what we what we do when we're going out talking at these seminars and things, we're really trying to wake people up. And, you know, it's like no one wants to go on this journey with you, but I do. And I believe in you so much that if you just take that leap of faith, spend the 90 days with me, I guarantee you'll come out of it where your life will be changed forever. Mm -hmm. Like it, All I need is 90 days of commitment from someone to help them recreate their belief system, to know that what they, uh, what they want is actually within reach. Yeah. And 595 is nothing for that. Nothing, nothing. So tell me about Andy's transformation because mm -hmm. Andy in the last, whatever, six months since you started working with him has undergone his own transformation. And yeah. you know, he was already in shape before that, right? Like he didn't technically need you yet. He's now at a whole nother level. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, Funny enough, the, the transformation that we've done has been done pretty much traveling every single week. Yeah. Which 
is extremely difficult. A- oh, any, for sure. any, anyone who travels, you know, it's like you don't know where your gym is. Getting food's hard. All that, yeah. Sleep, sleep. Um, but for him, it, you know, he uh, he loves fitness. He, he's he's kind of got that meathead mindset. Like, he yeah, could, he could go in there and just. I think spend. sales guys are naturally meatheads. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's like that's yeah. my. We talk the same language, um, and and just to to know you have someone who's willing to be pushed to their limit no matter how hard it hurts or, or, or how bad or painful it is, um, who will have the discipline to eat the meals that are, are prepped. Um, and so that, that the biggest shift for Andy, honestly, was really two things. That's one, the importance of food. It's like he always knew the importance of food, but he didn't really – he never had anyone really map it out in the way I do. And there's been a lot of uh, these light bulb moments for him when it comes to food where it's like I travel with him so much and, and I see him, I'm like, don't like don't pick it up, man. Like I'm I'm watching you. Yeah. And uh but also in the gym, really changing the, the training style. And w- when you walk into a gym, typically you see people mindlessly moving weight. They'll be the same like they'll be the same people in there right now who were in there three years ago doing the same thing and look exactly the same. Mm-hmm because there's no intention behind what they're doing. Yeah. So I get into the, the type of training where I say, uh, I, I refer to what I do as uh, explaining the anatomy of a rep, and it's, it's time under tension controlled. So when you're so focused on every rep of every set and, that, and you create that mind-muscle connection, it's hard to go back to training any other way because you don't feel the contraction in the muscle the way you do otherwise, right? So if you have, let's just say, a bicep curl, if you have the concentric, right, this is usually the explosive part. And then you get to the top and you contract. And then you focus on the negative. And the negative is where people miss yeah. so much of the exercise. Um, so just by doing that one rep, you got three things to think about. Yeah. Every single rep. Um, so you really change your mindset of training. And you come in there with intensity. And, and f- when you are detoxed and you, you get rid of all the inflammation in your body, you'll actually feel your muscles contract differently. You could be detoxed. You could be clean inside, go out and have a, 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 a shitty day of eating. You know, maybe you had burgers and pasta and all kinds of nonsense. When you go into the gym the next day, I guarantee you'll probably feel somewhat of a difference in the way your muscles feel in the contraction. Mm. You know, I was reading a book, this was many years ago, uh, called 4-Hour Body by Tim Ferriss, and... I remember he pulled that study, somebody did it a long time ago, time under tension, and he was basically like, look, this is the best way to work out, you know, five seconds up, five seconds down, he was like, if you just did one set of that, it's more powerful than doing, you know, your your three sets of just, you know, mindlessly doing it, Yeah. but then like at the same time, growing up as an athlete, we hear the opposite. Right. They're like, hey, you got to have fast twitch. Mm-hmm. We got to work on your explosiveness and your speed and everything. And so I was always like, huh, you know, I don't know. Well, that's where you have different styles of training. Right. Athletics are going to be a lot different. We're not um, bodybuilders. Yeah. Yeah. A- a- like athletes, football players, things like that, where you're it's all about power and movement and speed. That type of training is going to be completely different than someone who's trying to really have body recomposition, who's a body bodybuilder style of training that's trying to shape and sculpt and things that's where the time under tension is so is so valuable basically that's going to get you huge Mm -hmm. 
but the stuff I've been doing is going to keep me lean and explosive. Yeah. What would you say I should do? Because, like, I, I still, like, in pursuing golf and trying to be great at it, I don't think I'll, you know, have the flexibility and the agility if I just get all huge. Well, that that's the thing, right? So I say I like to do Metcon stuff as much as possible. So there can be a different variety of training. I mean, honestly, you could you could probably get away with doing three really solid hypertrophy days a week. And what is that? Uh, hypertrophy, let's just say legs, push, pull. So okay. you're hitting your whole body in, in, in three sessions. Got it. And then and then maybe add in some some type of agility training that will help keep you limber and loose, whether it's golf or football or sprinting or whatever the case may be. And right. So that way you're that way you're staying you're staying optimal with flexibility and and uh, deep tissue work, stretching. If you really create a program based around the goal. Every, like you could create the right program that would make you a savage golf player. Yeah. I like that. Hmm. I'm going to have to just get <laughs> freaking <laughs> What what do you think I should weigh? Like what do you think? I'm 195 right now. You know, I'm definitely not a uh, super uh lean. Like I definitely have a lot of fat to lose, but I'm kind of bulking right now. Do you, like do you believe that the you have to bulk first and then cut? Or no? No. You think it just all happens simultaneously? Yeah, I think I think if you just do everything right, that body recomposition just will put you in a place where it naturally kind of happens. And I'll, I'm I'm an old school guy. Like we're we're so deep into technology and and science and stuff now, which I think is great because it really gives you some solid evidence that you can pull from. But for me, I'm I'm like I'm a old school look in the mirror, see how your clothes fit. Yeah. Um, beating the log book in the gym you know, writing with pen and pencil or, or maybe today on a program using an app. Yep. And that's, I think that's really, in my, in my opinion, the best marker because everybody is so different. Like right. your body's not like mine, like his. I mean, we're all, we're all doing something different. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll talk after, man. Maybe I can. Yeah. <laughs> help you out. I'll, I'm just open to all new ideas. That's yeah. the thing, man, is. I love hearing these different perspectives, especially on health, because I talk a lot about business and I get business guys in and we talk business and I'm always open to new business ideas too. I'm like, oh, you're marketing that way. Oh, you're running your sales team that way. Oh, you're creating an offer or product that way. Interesting. And then the health side is just so like, I want to say unknown because everyone has so many theories on it, right? Everybody's a strong believer in like one method. And then, you know, they just, they're opposites, right? Somebody's like, dude, carnivore, it's the best. Mm-hmm. And then somebody's like, no, you got to be a vegan. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, there's no way the vegan's right. There's just no way. Yeah. Well, you know, I think in this day and age where we are right now too, everyone's trying to figure out how to capitalize on something. So it's like everyone's taking the basics or the foundation of something and really trying to put a spin on it where they can kind of create their own little niche. Yeah. And what happens in doing that is you complicate everything so much that you have – we create the problem that exists right now where it's like if you're trying to start, like let's just say you're trying to start your health journey mm-hmm. and you go online and you're just trying to read, you'll read one thing that says do this and then the next article will say not to do everything you just read. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. And, and then, and then, and that's why most people give up. They're like, well, I don't even know what to do. And, they, <laughs> and then they don't I don't know, know what's true. Yeah. They don't know. They don't know who to look for because they see online coaches now as they're just trying to get my money. Yeah. So it's a really precarious place that we're in because 
really at the end of the day, nothing's going to beat the found like the foundational stuff. Nothing's going to be resistance training, free weights, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very basic and it's very basic with the food and it's very basic with the supplements. Yeah. Um, and if you stay within that realm of keeping things simple and basic, that's really all you need. Yeah. But everyone, but simple and basic is boring. Yeah. And people will need more than the basics to, to keep themselves interested and things like that. And that's why I'm like, well, you really have to, uh, embrace what you're trying to do. Find a good playlist, find some good music, find some things that gives you perspective to what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. That way the, the mundane, the boring aspect of what fitness really is, because it's, it's the repetition of doing things day in and day out that over time give you the ultimate results. And, uh, and most people just don't have the patience. They, they want it now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then that's when you have the program hopping and yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I just did this program and it sucked and it didn't work. And I'm like, how long did you do it for? And they're like, well, I almost did three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I didn't lose 20 pounds in three weeks. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah. So you mentioned supplements and we've kind of already talked a lot about it for me. I'll just give you my background. You know, I've, uh, when I was playing, all I really did was pre-workout, you know, like I didn't have any supplements really beyond that. I would take like creatine here, there. And then, um, once I got done playing and actually I didn't, I still didn't even do anything really for a long time. It was just like pre-workout protein powder. Now in the last three months, I've gone down this journey of testosterone and hormones and peptides and all this stuff. And it's definitely crazy. Um, but like you said, you better be dialed in cause it'll like, it can mess you up if you just start taking all this stuff. Um, so like when people come in, what are you really prescribing them supplement wise? We, uh, we like to keep everything as basic as possible, at least in the, in the, uh, in the short term up front, because most of the time it takes you, it takes you to, to detox all the garbage out of your body before you can really understand where you are. Um, and one of the very important things that we like to to recommend, highly recommend, is to get blood work done. Mm-hmm. Because blood work will tell you so much about what's happening internally. And when you don't have that, that reference point of blood work, and let's just say you spend two, four, six weeks dumping everything you have into a program, and you don't see any results, it's discouraging. Mm-hmm. And it could have been as something as simple as, you know, maybe there's some some thyroid supplementation or maybe your testosterone was bottomed out yeah there's a lot of little things that could have been uh you know addressed at the beginning therefore these next four six weeks would have been much more beneficial but a lot of things some of the basic things that we like to recommend are uh magnesium Uh, magnesium is something that most people are deficient in there's so many different physiological functions that magnesium is involved in um, specifically with sleep at night. I've been taking ZMA for a long time. I forgot yeah. I do take ZMA. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things, man, where like four, 600 milligrams of magnesium glycinate with your last meal before you go to bed. A lot of, a lot of times people who have issue with sleeping, mm-hmm. something as simple as that can just solve it all. Mm-hmm. Um, vitamin D3 is a, is a hugely important one because we don't get enough sun these days. Yep. We're not getting enough from food. So there's, a, um, there's an importance of supplementing with that. Um, and then I, I like to, uh, to really recommend electrolytes to people, mm. uh, cause it, it's, again, it's, we're, we're so depleted. We're not drinking much water. It's like some people just have this phobia to drink in plain water. 
<laughs> which you don't have to drink plain water, but if you can drink something that maybe has a little bit of flavor, some yeah. good electrolytes, yeah, you're better hydrated. Your body can use, you know, utilize that that hydration aspect, you know, much much more efficiently without feeling yeah. like you've got to drink two gallons a day. Yeah, I'm gonna buy some electrolytes because I drink a lot of water, and but right now since I'm not feeling great, I'm just trying to like pound water and it's yeah. just flush everything out of my system. Yeah, ele- those uh, you ever heard of Element? Element? Uh-uh. They're like. Uh, I have my clients use those when they're fasting. They're higher in sodium, so when you first drink them, it, you know you, it's you can taste the sodium in there. It's got a thousand milligrams Interesting. of sodium per packet, but some great flavors in there. Some weird flavors like chocolate and yeah, yeah, cho- yeah. chocolate water. Yeah, I don't know about that one. It's pretty good. Really? Yeah, I I, I thought the same thing, but when I tried it, it was <laughs> surprisingly good. Well, you know what? I drink chocolate protein powder, so I can't imagine it's yeah. worse. It's like that, but w- without without the sweetness to it. Oh, which might sound weird, but I promise it's good. All right, you just buy them on Amazon. Uh-huh. All right, yeah, I'll try some of those. Okay, so D three. So like when I was, I never got tested. I never got a blood test until last year. Mm-hmm. That was my first time doing it, and at the time my testosterone was like three hundred, and they're like, you know, that's at the bottom end of range, but it's not low. I was like, okay, so what do I do? That's low. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, it's weird because I felt fine. Um, you know, I slept well. Obviously, I was lifting heavy weights and, you know, performing every day. Like, I didn't feel like, you know, it was low. And then I did research. I'm like, all right, well, let's try and enhance it. So I got on all these, like, just Amazon supplements because I didn't want to do anything crazy yet. And so I did, um, like, boron. um, what else did I do? Ashwagandha, pregnenolone, multivitamin. Tri- did you do tribulus? No. <laughs> I did tart cherry. Yep. What else did I do? Actually, I, vitamin K and D. I think it's vitamin K and D. Yeah. They come together. The vit- yeah, the vitamin K2 helps the D absorption. Yeah. And then maybe like two other ones. So, yeah, I started doing that stuff. And that raised it from like 300 to 500. Yeah. And then simple stuff. Yeah. And so that was like, you know, less than a hundred bucks a month of supplements. And then the doc was like, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like that's, that's going to be what it is doing that. And so I was like, yeah, well that sucks. And then he's like, you could try TRT. And I was like, well, I don't really want to do that. And he's like, well, let's just try you on Clomid first. And so I tried Clomid for a couple of uh, months and it was whatever. Like, I didn't really feel any different. My testosterone went to 800, but it wasn't like, I, didn't, I really didn't feel any different. And then finally, I was like, all right, let's just do it. You know, I'm just going to give in and, and do this. And so I did it. And I've not been tested since yet, but I'm really curious to see what it is. Because that, that I did feel, I was like, whoa, this is different. You got on it when you were sitting at 800? Yeah. Yeah, so you're, you're probably like... I don't know how much you're doing, but I, I'd say if you were at 800 and got on it, you're probably like sitting at 1100, 1200. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's 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 on the upper end right there. But uh, yeah, all all the simple again, it, depending on the toxicity of your body. I mean, a lot of times just losing body fat. Mm-hmm. Let's just say losing five percent body fat. I mean, you can raise your your testosterone 200 points possibly. Yeah, and what's crazy is doing this for the first time, like I've actually gained weight and lost body fat. Like that's been a new thing that's never happened. Yeah. So that, that right there is body recomposition at its finest. Yeah. 
So that that's been new for me. And I definitely think these things these two things are correlated, but like the last two months, I've been just like a hawk in the business, like revamping everything and like very clear and like I don't want to say aggressive, but I'm much more maybe motivated and like ready to just crush. And I'm like, hey, this is what we're doing. No longer are we going to accept these these weak standards. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Higher testosterone would definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and sometimes, too, there's there's the thought of, depending on your age, like if you get on, on TRT like in your 40s, I think it's probably one of those things where more than likely it'll be a lifelong thing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but the, again, let's just say your testosterone is just on the bottom end. Yeah then you can actually go through uh, some different protocols to, you know, get on a cycle, get off, stimulate your own body's production back up and where, where TRT can be a temporary thing. Mm. Um, so it's, there's some different ways to approach it depending on your lifestyle and, and, uh, and what your ultimate goal is. You know, this is what I told somebody on the podcast because they were like, yeah, you know, I heard that you got to stay on it the rest of your life. And I was like, yeah, I heard that too. And I said, logically I started to think about it and that was why I never did it for a long time and I started to think about it logically and I said what am I on the rest of my life anyway I was like well I gotta eat 200 grams of protein every day yeah I gotta work out I gotta drink a lot of water I gotta you know <laughs> like eat the right macros I gotta still eat all the supplements and everything I'm doing anyways I'm like what is one other thing mm -hmm. that I'm on anyways like are you doing uh like one, one shot a week, or are you are you microdosing? <coughs> I'm doing two a week, uh, like fifty. Okay. Yeah, so it's like one, what is it? One milliliter. I don't even know. Yeah, one one milliliter, one c. Yeah, th th one c a week. Yeah, but it's it's split. Yeah, because one of the one of the interesting things that uh, a lot of people don't know about is microdosing testosterone too, where you know you can do like let's just say point three every third day mm -hmm. and it actually helps with uh estrogen regulation too mm. um it's it's more it's more injections but you can actually do it in a in a much smaller needle sub subcutaneously yeah. instead of intramuscular yep and uh your blood plasma levels just kind of stay more more uh more level yeah you know what's funny is the first time i did it i had like that massive needle and i <laughs> did it in my arm dude hurt so bad my arm was sore for like a week <laughs> i was like there's got to be a better way to do this and they're like dude you could do it in your butt and so uh, like that was better and then uh somebody told me that they were like hey you know you could like have a way smaller needle yeah if you just do it this way and i was like thank you for telling me that because dude that normal needle is scary dude yeah yeah and, and plus too the more you do that the more scar tissue you're gonna end up having so tell me about that yeah the, so it, it just think about when if you're 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 basically puncturing the skin going through the muscle yeah with a needle injecting a volume of fluid and if you keep doing it in the same spot over time unless you're constantly getting some deep tissue work or scraping grasping things are going to break those adhesions up uh -huh. you'll end up getting scar tissue there um, and, and a lot of times that can end up being a knot okay um, you'll have like a lump Yep. So you want to try and avoid all that. So like sub Q micro dosing, you can do in your love handles. You know what yep. I mean? I do it. Yeah. I do it like right next to my belly button. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you have, if you have enough to go right there, that's so easy. To so do. you do it in your love handle. 
Yeah, yeah, love hand. Oh, I don't really have much body fat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got I got on TRT back in uh, 2018. Got it. Uh, and and I didn't realize how bad I was. So I've been living in a chronic state of stress for years. I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, th- with uh, your career. Yeah. So I joined in literally from the time I was 18, joining the Marine Corps right out of high school. Yeah. I, I've just literally lived in this crazy state of stress for until now. But I remember 2018, I, I, I felt like my body was just going in the wrong direction. I wasn't sleeping. I was losing weight. My appetite was garbage. So I did blood work, and my uh, my test was like 120. Whoa. Yeah. But you still, like, looked huge. Still looked huge, but I knew some, I, I could tell something was not, you know, was not right. <coughs> the, like, getting out of the bed in the uh, You're just in tired. The morning, phew, yeah. yeah. And then just getting... Just getting on that, it was like someone breathed new life back into me. So let's talk about that for a sec, because a lot of people think you got to have high testosterone to build all this muscle mass and like to have this physique. And you're over here saying, well, no, actually, my testosterone was really low and I was still big. I just felt terrible. Yeah. I mean, uh, so I was I was carrying a little more water weight than I normally do. Uh, my my endurance in the gym wasn't like it normally is. But s- when you're still when you still have intensity and intentional training and you're still eating right, you're still going to trend in the right direction, although it's not optimal. Yeah, because you were doing all the right things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you just let yourself go. Because yeah. when you hear about people with 100 T, it's like, well, yeah, they look like it. They don't take care of themselves at all. Yep. That wasn't the case. No. So you're just saying that stress and probably age were the, what did it? Yeah. How old yeah. are you? 44. Okay. Yeah, it's... uh. That's something that most people don't even correlate testosterone to or, or metabolic dysfunction, stress. But when your cortisols are constantly in this elevated state, it affects everything in your body. Uh, when I came back from, uh, from Iraq in 2009, uh, I was going through a lot of mental stuff because mm-hmm. I didn't really know how to integrate into society. No- normal society because the conversations were just the ungratefulness and the selfishness that people have. I was having a really hard time. Like, is this really the way it is? Um, and I, I, I was trying to seek out some different modalities for post-traumatic stress Mm. with no success. The only thing that helped me was, uh, was cannabis. Mm. And I would do that before I would go to bed at night because it was the only way I could get to sleep. Mm. So literally I've been on this journey of trying to, navigate through this PTSD stuff. And then November of last year, I actually uh, linked up with a doctor. Her name is Shauna Springer. Mm -hmm. She wrote a book called Warrior. Um, But she is in the stellate ganglion block uh, forefront. She's one of the main main, uh, faces for that treatment. I don't know what that is. Uh, So on each side of your, your neck here, each side of your C4, you've got a nerve bundle, the stellate ganglion block. And what happens is they go into this block of nerves with a with a needle, and they inject some you know anesthetic in at the top part, and then they go into the bottom part. Okay. And uh, I remember laying on the table. She went into the top part, and uh, or the doctor did. And the way I describe it is, you know, if something's vacuum sealed, where it's like super tight and compact, and mm-hmm. you cut it open, and you can just. You just see that that's what you felt sensation like sensation went across my entire body wow and there was this involuntary response of uh of just 
I mean, I, I, I started crying. Mm. But that was where the whole thing changed for me. I, I started thinking more clearly. The weight of the world was off my shoulders. And, wow. and that was kind of the beginning of the new journey I was on. And it was at that point, I'm like, I need to, I need to talk. I need to get out there and speak. And I met Renee not too long after that. Wow. But that's just part of a chronic state of stress. You know, when you're, when you're in that state, you're, you're stuck in sympathetic, in a sympathetic state, which, you know, your cortisol, adrenaline, everything's just pumping. You're, you know, you're, you're always on edge. Yeah. Anxiety. Yeah. But to go back in parasympathetic, it's like, oh, you can just breathe. You can lay there. You can sleep. You can just feel like you can, you have control again. Um, so it was a huge, huge moment for me. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, I had um, Gabrielle Lyon on. and She's great. She's great. And she's actually speaking at WealthCon. So anybody who's uh, thinking about coming to WealthCon, she's going to give a great speech. WealthCon.org if you want to attend. Um, but basically she was like, look, the answer to, you know, longevity and feeling good is muscle. Mm -hmm. It always has been. Put on muscle and you'll be good. And we talked about it on the podcast and she was like, isn't it weird that testosterone and steroids and these things get a bad rep, yet anything to lose weight is, like, good? Yeah. And, you know, like, these these weight loss things and, like, these sleeping pills and Xanax and whatever, right? Like, they're like, oh, no, those are good. Like, you know, let's give those out. But anything that builds muscle, like, what's better, a Xanax or a steroid? Right. It, they're not even close. The steroid's going to be way better than a Xanax, yet here we are. It's the name steroid that has that stigma to it that just automatically makes people feel like, oh, you're cheating, you're bad, you're doing the wrong thing, how dare you get and, up there. And honestly, I had that stigma too. That's why I never did it yeah. because I grew up in pro sports, and so it was illegal, and I was like, dude, anybody who does that, loser. And finally, I just had a realization one day. I'm like, I'm not even playing any sports anymore. Like, I'm a YouTuber. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> nobody's nobody's drug testing me right now. Like, <laughs> what am I doing? I was like, all right, let's try it out. So, and I'm like, yeah. And somebody also said, too, they were like, hey, think about the pros versus the cons. Like, is there a con to everything? Yeah, for sure. There's There's definitely, you know, pros and cons to everything. But, like, if you look at the benefits of doing this versus not doing it, the benefits outweigh any kind of side effects. Yeah. Yeah, we're 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 in an age right now where the food just continually keeps like it just gets worse. Um, we're continually being fed the wrong things to do. So at some point, like you you've got to you've got to have a moment, a conversation with yourself about your health, and pulling it together, finding someone or some place or some community to go to to allow you to start going in the right direction, and that's really. Uh, what we're trying to create in this program is a community too. Like it's not just you're out there, we give you a program and you're, you're just out there by yourself. Yeah. Like we, we communicate with everyone about <laughs> everything that's going on. The more, the more a client commits to the program, the more we're going to be involved and be committed with them. If yeah. someone comes on the program and they don't track metrics, they don't log anything. We don't know what they're actually doing. So, uh, yeah, and I'll say, too, uh, you know, I'm talking about, like, all these, and, you know, you're talking about this, this, this gland thing, and I'm talking about all these peptides and stuff, but at the end of the day, regardless of your budget, if you have a gym membership and you just eat healthy, mm -hmm. you're good. Yep. Like, you're going to be real good. Yeah. You know, these other things are just enhancements to good behaviors and 
you know, habits. If you don't have that first, the stuff doesn't do anything. Yeah. You, you know, when you're eating something wrong. Yeah. Like, you, you know, when you're, when you're opening up a wrapper, when you're ordering some bullshit. I had my In-N-Out burger yesterday. Well, I mean. And, and it was animal style with fries. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to get one before I leave here, actually. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right, so at least I got my protein in. But, you know, it was within my macros. Yeah. So, like, I kind of look at it, and I'm like, hey, is it the best thing I could be eating? No. Am I hitting my macros? Yes. Yeah. Well, again, though, it's like, all right, well, what is your definition of life? Some people can take it to the extreme. Yeah. Liver king. Yeah. That's, that's I've had him on the show. That's on the extreme side of things. He's like, I just want dead animal, or yeah, I just want raw animals, liver, yeah, n- not cooking nothing. I mean, when you're when you're gonna sleep on boards and eat raw <laughs> testicles, like yeah, that's a whole nother level. So it's like, all right, well, I think you really have to define life, what it what it means to you, and how far you're willing to go. Yeah, maybe you don't care about the deodorants you're putting on or the toothpaste you're brushing your teeth with. Maybe you just want to focus on, hey, you know what? I'm just gonna eat clean food. Yeah, any anything within the realm of you having uh, oversight and, and are aware and conscious of what you're putting in your body, the better off you're going to be. It's when you don't care and you're just eating anything and everything. You're not tracking nothing. You have no idea where you're at. Yeah. 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 yeah so, so again, back, so your question, like how did I come over with Andy and what we're doing? Like this is really, I say this isn't even about me. This is about me being in a place right now where I can live the most purposeful life and Hollywood I thought was going to be my end all be all, but it was really just a chapter that has allowed me to showcase my abilities to the world Mm -hmm. and to show people that, uh, if I can do it, they can do it. Anyone can really do it because I, I try and break it down where you don't have to be a celebrity to, you know, to have these type of results. And, uh, and, there has to be some ownership of, of your life and your health. We've got, here's, here's real estate for you. Our bodies, we've got one house to live in for our whole lives. Mm. You can't short sell it. You can't (laughs) sell it. You can't foreclose on it. Well, you foreclose, you're dead. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but, but it's like, there's no escaping this house that you're in. So it's better that you take control of it and take care of it now. Yeah. Before it's too late, because when it's too late. Yeah your kidneys fail, your heart failed, like something happens, then you're going to look back and wish all the simple things that were there and available to you to do, mm. you're going to just constantly obsess about should have, should have, should have. Yeah. And right now is the perfect time. Like literally right now, whoever's listening to this right now, I'm talking to you. Yeah. You need to take control of your life because it's in your hands. If you have a family, if you have a business, your employees, like there's people counting on you. Yeah. And you can't let them down. Yeah. I like to think of my body and my house as like a beach house. You know, it's not super massive. Like, it's not a mansion, but, you know, it's like sleek. It's just on the beach. Yeah. Good view. That That's what I'm going for. That's perfect. There we go. The wealthy way is all about just being great in all aspects of life, right? Business, health, family, you know, faith, everything, right? And I tell people all the time, I'm like, look. If your personal life is lacking, right, your relationships are bad, how do you think that affects your business, right? You're dealing with drama with your wife. And, it, like, you are not going to be optimal in business, right? Mm-hmm. We already talked about health. That's a no-brainer. You're not going to have an optimal marriage, right, if you're not healthy. 
you know, and I hate to say it, but a lot of guys, you can't get it up. It's like, well, guess what, dude? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, you better start taking your health seriously. Yep. Um, you know, you think about faith and it's like, man, there's a lot of people spiritually dead because they just, they, they neglect that part and everybody just runs towards business. Um, so, you know, and I, I just actually had a, a friend tell me he's getting divorced this morning and I was like heartbroken, you know, and he's like, dude, I just didn't put the time, um, that was required. And, uh, you know, I just see that time and time again and everything. So that's, you know, why I created the wealthy way. That's why I bring guys on to talk about health. That's why I bring pastors on. That's why I bring, you know, um, relationship people on. So I bring my wife on and we just talk about relationships and obviously money's important too, right? Yeah. You got to be able to provide and all of that. So I, I, as, as crazy as this sounds to say, I think if people could actually eat in a way that, uh, is just very basic and meaningful. There would be so many le- there would be s- there would be much less problems across the world. And the reason I say that and, and it's 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 a ridiculous way of framing this because it's such a simple weird way b- revolved around food, but when you're eating when you're eating shit, your mind is not clear. Like the, the brain doesn't function the way it should because of inflammation. And when you're when you have so much inflammation in your body, like in general, people are just bitter across the board. They're yep. resentful. They're jealous. They're when they see people like like us succeeding and thriving. There's this organic hate that they have because how dare you do that? Like you should be down here with the rest of us. Um, it, it's it's and, and I see this like day to day, week to week, through people when you when you talk to them or when you read comments and you're like, I wonder <coughs> what's going on in this person's life to make them so hateful yeah. over saying something. People are just always projecting themselves onto you. Yeah, yeah. That's how it goes. But but again, I really think it has a lot to do with the way they're taking care of their health. Yeah, um, they just feel that way. Yeah, mentally, physically, everything. All right, last question I have. So, I've got a crazy thing I heard the other day, and I'm debating whether or not I'm going to try it. I'm going to bring this guy on the podcast because um, he has some wild theories about. Uh, this way to, to get your health better I'll, I'll tell you after you tell me okay <laughs> what's like the craziest thing you've heard about maybe health or some supplement or some like thing that nobody's doing and um you you've thought about trying it or you believe in it like you got anything like that um i mean the craziest thing to me would be something along the lines of like doing what the liver king does eating. This okay. Raw, this yeah. Yeah. Nonsense. That's a crazy one. Yeah. I mean, uh, something that I, that I've seen and heard about from a couple people, which uh, doesn't even make any sense is like drinking your own piss. Dude. That's what I was. Yep. That was mine. Yeah. I've heard that too. That's yeah, what I'm I was like, going to talk about. That, everything about that sounds wrong. Like where, the, how can there be any potential health benefit in that when it's an excretory? Okay. So I had, I talked to this guy for about an hour about drinking your own pee. And I, I was like, dude, you're coming on the podcast because <laughs> I have to, we have to unwrap, we have to unpack this. So guys, you got to subscribe if you want to see that episode, but he brought up a lot of good points that I'd never thought about. Like I said, I'm open to anything. So he was like, all right, dude, this is how he framed it. It was so funny. He was like, we were talking about my son. Cause I was like, Hey, you know, we did stem cells. It was great. He's like, what if I told you you could get stem cells, but it wasn't going to cost you like 15 grand. I was like, how? He's like, all right, well, just just hear me out. 
And then he just like goes down this like rabbit hole of like explaining all these things. And then it inevitably goes to, hey, there's stem cells in your urine and they're 100% unique to you. And like urine is just full of them. And if you actually let urine sit for weeks, the stem cells like multiply. And so you could have more stem cells in just this thing of urine than what we pay 10 grand plus for. And he started to talk about it. He was like, look, urine has been around for a long time. And he, he's a, a Christian guy too. So he goes, Ryan, you're Christian. Let's talk about the biblical side of how God created humans. He was like, do you know what a baby does in the womb? And I was like, what do you mean? They just, they're in the womb. He's like, the baby has like the tube in its mouth. Do you know what it's drinking? Its own urine. And I actually do remember that. My wife told me that, that a baby for nine months just drinks its own urine over and over again. And what's in it is all these stem cells and nutrients that's helping the baby develop, right? I was like, okay, that's one thing. He goes, think about like these other things, you know, that you hear about urine fixing. He's like, what do you do when um, you get, like, what do they tell you to do when you get a jellyfish sting? Yeah. You pee on it because urine is an anti-venom. I was like, okay. And then I remember playing baseball that they would tell us, um, a lot of the Latin players would tell us that, hey, like, if you have blisters or anything, you pee on your hands. And that's how you get rid of blisters and heal them. And I was like, you know what? I've actually heard this in many different scenarios, but I've never thought about it. And then I was like, dude, don't tell me the next thing you're going to say is, like, I should go eat my own crap. Like, what? what's next? And he was like, funny you say that. And I was like, oh, boy, here, where's this going? And he talked about, like, these experiments they did on rats where, you know, you had, like, this skinny rat and this fat rat. And they took the fecal matter of both and swapped them into, like, they injected them into the rats. And instantly, the fat rat became skinny and the skinny rat became fat. And the reason is, like, its cells just changed automatically. Like, because you inserted the cells of the two different ones, it automatically changed. Mm. And uh, I was just like, dude, <laughs> all right. So are you saying that, like, my son should just drink his own urine? Like, what are we saying here? He's like, look, you can. He's like, my, my kids do. And he's like, and, and they've, they've had seizures and other things, and they don't have them anymore. And I was like, really? And this guy's, like, a very big document, like, he does documentaries and stuff, like, where he interviews doctors and all this. And he's the one who actually told me about the COVID thing where um, there's all these venoms in COVID. Right. It's like, where did these venoms come from? They're synthetic, too. They're not even, you know. So it just goes back to, yeah, you know, China pretty much just made this virus synthetically. And one of the ways you poison people is literally by giving them poison. Um, so long story short. I'm like, all right, dude, I'll make a decision. You're going to come on the podcast, and I'm going to commit whether or not I believe this. And so he's going to come. That's crazy. Yeah. So you've I, heard it too. Yeah, I actually saw I saw a video of this guy on Instagram not too long ago. It's probably my friend. And I couldn't. I'm like, how does – because to me, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not a scientist. I don't – like, I've never even researched into drinking piss or eating <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but yeah, I'll, I'll for sure watch the episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'm like, bro, like, come down. So he's coming uh, in like two weeks, and we're gonna we're gonna dive deep and whether or not I'm. And I told him, I go, dude, you know what? If I do it, I'll do it on myself first, and I'll give it like, I don't even know. I'll, I'll just try it, and then people are gonna judge me, and it's gonna be fine. And then I'm just gonna be that YouTuber who drinks his own. Piss. That's what's gonna happen. 
But uh, I mean, I don't know how you can stomach it, honestly, especially the, the longer it sits. Well, what he said was you would just drink it like right, right then and there. You wouldn't like just keep. Sit- he's like you could, and it would it would formulate more stem cells. But he's like we just do it daily, just like straight from the source. And that's a daily thing he does. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. We'll see. I'm gonna. I'm. 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 I guess what I'll say is, I'm open to it. I'm open to whatever could get results. And because uh, you know what's interesting too, even going to the COVID thing, like I just don't believe anything the FDA says anymore, just because it's so corrupt and just everything is so backwards with how they treat people. And like everyone knows that by now, but. You know, I just remember Trump was getting in trouble for talking about whatever that thing was that he was saying, hey, this is, like, going to help people. Um, and they're like, no, dude, that's rat poison. And it's like ivermectin or something? Something like that. And then, like, sure enough, like, a couple years later, like, yeah, that stuff actually was good. You, yeah. you guys should have been doing that. Yeah. And it's like, dude, yep. you know, Pfizer and these guys making $100 billion. And it's, shame, it's, it's freaking shameful, man. Yeah. I feel like our, uh, like our entire way of living was completely altered by this nonsense yeah uh, it's yeah I, I have a hard time with this whole thing today yeah well you know i have heard that drinking your own urine prevents covid so we'll see interesting <laughs> no, I, I don't know i made that up but um <laughs> i'm spreading i'm spreading fake news right. what, do you have the fact checkers on this yeah i'm spreading fake news hey if anyone has heard that in the comments let me know if you if you've heard what i'm talking about or if i'm just crazy but uh dude Hey, I appreciate you coming by, man. Um, we'll link to your guys' programs down below. Love what you're doing, helping people. It, it's amazing, man. So um, just just inspired by by everything you and Andy are, are, are doing for everyone, man. I appreciate it. We're just getting started. Yep. Well, guys, if you like this episode, make sure you're subscribed, and we'll see you on the next one. Peace. Hey guys, I just want to tell you, you're the true one percenters. You made it till the end of the video. Do me a favor, share it with the friend that wants to go to another level. Make sure you like the video, comment below so I know who you are. Set your notifications and then subscribe to the channel. We got daily sales training videos dropping. I'll see you soon.